Greetings, Maltopians. Are you looking to delve deeper into the world of Maltopia? Then check out our Patreon, where you can find written mythos pieces, world maps, found footage, art, Patreon-exclusive shows, and more. Just go to patreon.com forward slash Maltopia and join one of our tiers for access to great new content. Brave the forbidden and embrace the darkness. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Greetings, Maltopians. And thanks for joining us for another episode of the Maltopia Podcast. Join us on our new Discord at the link in the description to talk about your favorite series and episodes. And to help support us, 
Give us a quick rating and review on iTunes. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on Discord. And as always, enjoy the show. Grammy Rose had gone from a geriatric demon to a wrinkled puddle of sobbing sadness in mere moments. But that didn't stop me from keeping my distance and pushing her gas-powered death chair far out of her reach. When I could see them, desperately trying to hide beneath that wild shrubbery of gray hair, her eyes still smoldered with murder. What happened to you? Did you get left down here after the rest of your little family of freaks went belly up? <laughs> or would that be belly in, given what happened to them? My desire to test her emotions was ruthless, fueled by the mangled flesh of my leg and the thought of trying to walk over a mile back to my car. You're a mouthy little twat, ain't ya? Feels good to have the upper hand, huh? But the real question is, what you gonna do with me now that you got me? The woman was a bit too composed for my liking. She was a cunning monster and had probably turned more than her fair share of tables. <sighs> I needed to tone down the vitriol and focus on the situation or else I'd be the next stiff lined up for the dark coming or whatever the hell these wackos called their doomsday. What have you been doing down here all alone? I wanted to sidestep any questions about the witch from my dreams, despite my burning interest. The old hag seemed to know how to finagle that topic to her rhetorical advantage. Eating whatever food I can reach and crapping myself. You... I took another step back and pointed the flashlight beam deep into her plodding little eyes. The light glinted off of something metallic. She was sheltering a blade in her left hand, trying to keep it tight to her body. Lose the knife now. She growled, tossing it into the darkness. You rotten bitch. I hope she hollows you out and fills you with bugs. You think you got old Grammy Rose, do ya? You just wait. Just you wait, you filthy cow. I'll get ya, I will. 
<laughs> or she will. She's really what you came a-looking for, ain't it? There was no clever way of getting my information without tipping my obsession. <laughs> obsession. That's exactly what it was. How the hell had I let that happen? I told you, she's dead. I'm just trying to figure out what horrible shit she was into before she and her bunch got themselves croaked. So what do you know about her? And don't give me any more of that she's evil incarnate shit. I want a straight answer, or I'll leave you here. Hmm, how'd she die, pray tell? The old woman asked, her eyes pushing back against the beam of the flashlight. From what I understand, someone tore out her heart. Now answer the question. Now there's an organ she could certainly live without. What about the others? Her eyes narrowed further, as if the next words I spoke would provide her with something key. That I couldn't find out. I guess the FBI took over the crime scene pretty quickly. My source only managed to sneak out with a tidbit about the woman. All I know is there was the woman's corpse and three other bodies. Who were the others? I put aside my acidic attitude in favor of generating a cleaner stream of exchange between myself and the old monster. <laughs> there was four others besides her. Looks like one's still out there. Oh, I wonder which one. Her expression went slack as she pondered. My next question was burning a hole in my throat. What were their names? Naming the witch would make her human, stealing her from the darkness where she stared at me, taunting. They didn't use their real names, just called one another by their blood. But they all called the woman Mother. Even the gigantic one, the one the other three called Father, called her Mother. But twarn't no real blood betwixt them. None I could see leastways. Her mind was sinking into a sea of dark memories, each one fat with terrible things. She even seemed to flinch at one point, just before stabbing her eyes past the light and directly into my fear. No, no, you got it all wrong, Missy. She ain't likely to have been killed. She ain't human. Why do you keep insisting on that? She's dead. No heart means no life, get it? And why are you so scared all of a sudden? Her fear was pouring over me. I needed to scrub it off with some good, clean common sense. She's a heartless corpse, bagged and tagged. She died just fine. You got no idea what that woman can do. I saw her. I saw her raise the fucking dead right in front of us all. The dog. She brought it back, filled it with demons, turned it loose. I can still hear the damn thing clicking and clacking around down here in the darkness, sniffing and smacking its jowls. Sorry, but I'm not buying that voodoo crap, sister. She may have been a pretty clever con artist magician pulling magic tricks out of her ass to scare the local rubes, but that shit doesn't cut it with me. My dreams, however, 
agreed with every single word that came out of Grammy's mouth. Now stop stalling and let's get down to it. What did she want from your fucked up family? The last surviving member of the Bowers monster-making clan finally bowed her head and rattled off her secret. She couldn't have cared less about the rest of us. She only wanted Charlie. She said his dreams drew her and that he might have a place within her family. She knew about the great darkness, too, far better than even we did. Knew it was coming soon. But it was Charlie that brought her and her family to us. We were furious at him for bringing them, but the lot of them scared the shit out of us. So we just let them do as they pleased. Most of them didn't seem to care at all for what we were doing. Especially the twin girls and that gigantic thing. They were too in love with killing and death. My eyes ain't what they used to be, but I ain't blind. That mother of theirs was far, far beyond us. She knew that next to her, we were just amateurs. But the other biggin, he seemed fascinated with us, even spoke to us on occasion, something the others never did. I remember him once saying that we was artists of the benighted fields, fashioning nightmares from the fallen straw of lost dreams, dreams that man had foolishly let fall to the dead earth. His eyes were different from the rest of them, too. They was filled with a darkness I ain't never seed before. Most lonely, lovely eyes I'd ever looked into in all my life. So it was easy to see why he was her favorite of the bunch, doted on him a lot. Never let him out of her sight, really. And now that I'm talking about him, I remember his name. That bitch called him by name a few times. Called him Donald. I didn't know quite what to do with the old woman. She was sure to say things to the police that I preferred were kept quiet. But as far as her use to me went, I'd exhausted her insights, strange and tainted with insanity as they were. With a nasty leg wound to worry about and no immediate options, I locked her down there in the dark, telling myself it was only for the time being. Limping back to the car, I pondered what to do with her, finding few palatable answers. Grammy aside, one thing was clear. I had to watch the next video. This time, I wasn't nearly as afraid, having decided to stop by a drive-thru for a bottle of wine on the way home. And some beer. And a pint of bourbon, just in case. No sense falling off the wagon when you can do a half-gainer. Wine in hand, I also brandished a pad and pencil. I needed to record as much information as I could stomach. Not to mention that the act of reporting exercised a sterilizing quality upon my mind. It helped create some separation, making it easier to analyze the subject and find clues. 
There was no dramatic buildup. I just walked over to the VCR and hit play, and then sat down on the couch with the same composure I'd muster for a cheap B-movie horror flick. It was some time before the video started. I even felt a little proud of myself when I began to get bored, wondering if the tape was nothing but an empty screen. After 15 minutes or so, the emptiness began to twitch. Slowly, a small bit of light thickened, bleeding out from beyond the darkness. The pooling glow became a sweeping camera shot of a long expanse of concrete, broken in gray, stretching into the distance. The image was like visual white noise, and I quickly fell beneath its calming spell. I could neither look away nor blink. My eyes had become mouths, being fed a diet of unending, rolling grayness, a visually tasteless gruel that was nevertheless nourishing. I wondered how the shot was even made. Was the camera on a hoist of some kind, a crane? Was there even a camera at all? The image of passing concrete continued, unbroken and steady. Its endless repetition removed its own meaning, like a word spoken over and over again. The concrete became alien, and the cracks became crawling, living things. The grayness materialized into a solid identity, and now seemed like so much crowding, crushing ice. I felt like I was flying over the surface of a white, frozen world. The witch's words poured out over the endless ice flooding from the screen. The world is dead. It always has been. It's just a rock garden upon which death sits, cross-legged and smiling, waiting, hoping you won't notice him. And we are just jagged stones being pushed up through the seething loam, our moving parts merely the illusion of systematic decay, shrinking us together into an ocean of frozen gray. Here we are the toys for the dead. Here we are pointless. The screen went black again, and I felt like a child hanging off the cliff of her mother's interrupted smile. After a nearly unbearable absence of picture and sound, the darkness began to melt again, revealing a dimly lit classroom crouched beneath a water-ruined ceiling. The plucky glimmer of children's eyes gathered below the tattered roof, maybe ten pairs in all, polished to a dim glow. I could feel the hunger behind their wet stares. Eyes like foaming mouths, I heard myself say. I still don't know why I said it. All the children were seated at ruined desks, hands folded neatly in front of them. I hadn't noticed it before, but I became aware of a soft melody playing behind the footage, low and tranquil, like an old cellar converted into damp music. I could have sworn the kids were all looking at me as if I were their teacher. They were waiting for me to instruct them. Yet before I could react, the looks shot at me through the TV screen. A barely discernible female figure emerged from the back of the room, making its way to the front of the class. As she strolled, 
The shadows she stepped through seemed to cling to her, until finally she had collected enough gloom to appear as nothing but a woman-shaped void upon the screen, except for her eyes. They floated in the absence, like fire dancing across the placid surface of an oil spill. She pressed herself against the screen, blotting out the classroom behind her. Her eyes sunk away into the oily terrain, leaving another blank, black screen. Her words bubbled out from the pitch. The truth of the world lies below, and it is there that the lesson truly begins. Softly, the darkness retreated away from the edges of the screen, becoming a huge hole in the floor of the classroom. The room was empty now, and all the desks were gathered around, attentively facing the pit. The image hung there for a while, almost appearing as a still frame. I didn't know how long the image lingered there, but at some point it was replaced with another. Two little girls, twins, sitting in a breezy green meadow. They were eating sandwiches, giggling, occasionally looking over at the camera and smiling. They had all the innocence of cherubs, but there was something wrong with their smiles. Every time they glanced into the camera, I could feel a slight pull, as if I were being drawn into the glow of their glittering grins. Are you ready, my darlings? The witch's words contained more sugar than I was accustomed to. The girls smiled and nodded, withdrawing wicked knives from the tall grass beside them. The blades seemed too large for such tiny hands, but the twins handled them with practiced ease, like violin prodigies readying their bows. They continued giggling as they stood, the camera lifted from the ground and moved behind them, panning upward as the two clasped hands. The gentle slope of a small hill came into frame, atop the knoll with the sun cresting just above their heads. A family of four sat on a blanket, enjoying an afternoon picnic. The twins skipped up the hill, knives behind their backs, and the screen went black. The TV speakers filled with the sounds of birds chirping and a summer breeze blowing, soon followed by horrible, panicked screams. I heard the witch in the background. Oh, what lovely little girls you two are. The tape ended. My wine sat untouched, the pages of my notebook utterly blank. I realized what was to be done with the old woman under the earth. I returned to the Bower's shack in the sticks and threw a couple of rigged propane tanks into the mouth of the cave. The throat of the underground lair choked on fire, smoke, and fallen stone. No more Grammy Rose. She was a mass murderer bound for execution. I did the world a favor, and I'm pretty sure her victims and their families would have appreciated the way I checked her out. Still... I, I suppose I shouldn't have felt so good about it.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, fresh. 